Okay, I'm sorry. What is your name? My name is Steve Collins. Okay, Steve, and you're with the FBI? Yes. Okay, and how could I help you? Um, there was a woman who came to my office yesterday named Lisa Giuliani. Okay. And she um, had a complaint about a DJ on your program named Sonny Crack. Okay. Who, I guess, was saying some inflammatory things about her. That's Rob, that's correct. Okay, Rob, um, what's your last name? Uh, Revere, R-E-V-E-R-E. Okay. Is this your company, this um, Revere? Radio Network. Radio Network? Yep. That belongs to you? That's correct. Re Revere is uh, basically a, a pseudonym. My, my real last name is Verrier. V is in Victor, E-R-R-I-E-R. Sonny does is pure uh, satire, humor. It's uh, no different than what Saturday Night Live uh, does <laughs> every Saturday well, night. Well, I have a copy of what was on one of these broadcasts, mm -hmm. and it, actually it is quite a bit different than Saturday Night Live because it is very, um, you know, it's, it's stuff that is very intimidating to the person that, um, you know, that this is directed towards, and she uh, feels very threatened by it. He's just being, he's, he's, you know, pardon my friends, he's just being a fuck-up, that's all. Okay. Well, is, is that going to be a problem in the future, do you think? What do you mean? What, what, what going to be a problem? I mean, well, this email here says, uh, and I'll quote it from, from Sonny, I guess, um, to Lisa, stated today, June 29th. So, Lisa, when are you going to have me on your show? Question. If you put me on your show, I won't trash you again like I did last time. If you ignore this, then I'm going to have more fun at Wings, Wing TV's expense. Take it or leave it. That sounds like extortion to me. Uh, well, what, is it, what, what, what does it sound like he's trying to extort out of her? That sounds like he's trying to get on her show. Otherwise, he's going to say defamatory things uh, like he did in his other show. That's my concern, you know, whether or not we might have a violation of federal law. Is there a violation of federal law? Extortion? Well, I mean... Threats, interstate threats, you bet they are. So, I mean, you, you said, you know, to quote your own words, you know, what he was being, you know, since you're the program manager, uh -huh. you should be careful about that. Well, uh, this phone call, I mean, I'm going to play it to him so that he knows I'm not just, you know, okay. blowing smoke up his ass. Okay, that's fine. Do you want my telephone number? May I please? Okay, 814-234-2000. Uh, I have that on the caller ID listed as U.S. government. Yes. And your name is? Steve Collins. Spell your last name? C-O-L-L-I-N-S. And are you uh, you're, uh, an agent with the FBI? Special agent, yeah. Okay. Uh, what, so what, what are you asking me to do? I'm asking you, as the program manager, to let me know if this is going to, I mean, is this something that's going to continue in the problem in the future? Continue to be a problem in the future. I, I have information that he's planning another show on Friday that has uh, similar content to the other one that I'm, I've got a copy of here. Yeah. Uh, that's what I'm wondering. Okay. Hmm. That's a good question. Well, I hate to restrict somebody's freedom of speech. I yeah, mean, I that, wouldn't want to do that either. And uh, you know, that's exactly what we are here at Revere Radio Network. Is uh, we uphold.
uphold the freedom of speech. Okay. And, That's fine. Uh, I mean, I don't. I guess. Uh, I guess what you're saying is, you know what, Rob, I don't even. I don't. I, absolutely. I, I. I uphold that too, and I believe in that too. And I think that um, when you extort somebody or you threaten somebody, that's when you've crossed the line. Okay. Because so basically, we're not talking about a, a First Amendment thing anymore. Now we're talking about uh, whether or not we have a violation of federal law. Okay. So these you... things are recorded, and we have recordings of, of some of these. Uh-huh. Well, let me, let me ask you. So basically, Sonny can say and do whatever he wants as long as he doesn't basically contact Lisa and say, I'm going to continue to do this unless you put me on your show. As, as, as long as he doesn't, you know, contact Lisa and try to get something uh, and say that he's going to do this unless something happens. I mean, he's more than welcome to do whatever he chooses. Uh, should he maybe send an email to Lisa to say, I don't want to be on your show, but I'm going to continue to say as I wish? You know what? Um, there's, there's a couple of different things, I think, in play here. Okay, one of them is whether or not it's any of my business and it's a criminal thing, okay? And the second thing is whether or not you have a civil thing. You could be sued, and you know, whoever else is involved in the broadcast of this, or Sonny could be sued something called you know, defamation of character or slander or things like that. Um, you know, that I advise Lisa that that's a whole different matter that she needs to seek legal counsel on uh, as to whether or not... I'm shocked she called the FBI. <laughs> you don't understand Florida. I'm on the phone with the FBI over This is so stupid. <laughs> But I mean, I guess, you know, breaking a federal law is probably not stupid, but just, I guess, I don't know. It was, I mean, I guess in Sonny's eyes, it was, in the way that it was portrayed to me, is kind of as a big game. I don't think there were any... Uh, well, I don't think she thinks it's a game or funny. Well, obviously, I'm on the phone with the FBI. by the whole thing. Uh, if you go back and listen to um, some of these sessions, uh, it, Well, of course not. But I mean, the guy has a right to say what he has to say. As far as I think, where, what, you, what I'm getting from you is where he crossed the line was where when he contacted Lisa uh, via email and said, "If you don't put me on your show, I'm going to do it again." Okay. So, so basically, what I should do is I should advise Sonny. You're telling me to uh, please do not contact Lisa. Uh huh. No, and I'm glad, I'm glad you did. ...to come to my office and had a complaint and what the nature of the complaint was, okay? That this person is upset and is seeking legal remedies to include law enforcement remedies to deal with this problem. It's your problem. Do what you want. That's I, all I have to say about it. I thank you for your phone call, Mr. Collins. Okay. Bye-bye. And welcome uh, to another episode of the Next Report. Um, pardon me, that just my microphone here. Uh, the reason why I have this audio as the intro for this episode, and I'm going to be making a different intro in the near future. Um, I don't like sticking with the same intro all the time. I like to change it up every now and then. But the reason why I put this intro out there is because um, what had happened in 2005 was an internet radio station had a talk show host, right, who had an adult-themed satire aimed at somebody else. Um, they went to the FBI over this. And Rob Revere, the head of the network, received a friendly phone call from the FBI stating that there was a complaint and what the nature of the complaint was. Now, I figured I would probably have to do a full episode to kind of elaborate on what I was talking about in an article that I recently published on the nextreport.com. 
Um, last week, an individual who went by the pseudonym Victor Thorne took his own life um, on August 1st, on his 54th birthday in Pennsylvania. And already there were speculations that, oh, it's because it's, you know, this is the 2016 presidential election year. So there were theories popping out all over the place that basically said, oh, Hillary Clinton had something to do with it. It was Arkansas. Um, folks, no, it wasn't. He took his own life. Um, there was an interview that the American Free Press did with his own brother who said, no, there was no foul play. He made the choice on his own, and he, he disappeared, and he took his own life. He shot himself and killed himself. So, the thing of it is, I reacted to it on YouTube, and I'm sure you could tell I was kind of distraught by it. Um, stuff like that tends to numb me for a little bit. It just... On the one hand, you're not surprised. On the other hand, it just... It still hits you pretty hard, because... You know, death is never pleasant, and it's sometimes it's not expected either. So, I published the article explaining, in a nutshell, how... And, and this is the funny part, because the American Free Press, in writing their eulogy of him... Pardon me. Uh, I'm drinking some beverages, let's just say, um, while doing this. Uh, but, um, in their little eulogy of him, they mentioned that he, you know, he did a, you know, radio show of his own, uh, the Victor Thorne show. He also did Wing TV. They don't mention, or the time that I read it, they never mentioned who his co-host was. They never mentioned... They, they mentioned he was a co-founder of this. They don't mention the other co-founder. And I'm like, okay, this it, it's time to kind of say, hold on a moment. Um, and people were, you know, saying rest in peace, putting him on a pedestal, you know, part of Clinton's body count, blah, 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 blah. I saw this pop up on, you know, you know I saw this from a mutual friend on Facebook, and then and then I saw this from Jack Blood, and I did quote him because there's a reason he said that. Um, and then I saw that uh, this thing posted on the Punk Rock Libertarians fan page, and on Free Talk Live's fan page twice. And I'm like, okay, somebody needs to remind everybody that this is somebody we don't want to put on a pedestal. And I apologize in advance, because this is going to take a little bit. What you heard at the beginning was kind of like the middle of the movie, where we have to go back, rewind, and catch back up to that point so that we know what's going on. So... You're going to be hearing some of my history as well. Um, and our story starts in 2004. It was the presidential election. We had already been through disastrous legislation like the USA Patriot Act after 9-11, which deep down inside I realized something is wrong here. We shouldn't be doing this. And followed up by a disastrous foreign policy and everything else. And suddenly, it's 2004. And what we're winding up with is an election year where it's the mentality of anybody but Bush. Anybody but Bush. A lot of the young people wanted to get Bush out of office they wanted a change in direction. They didn't like the quagmire in the Middle East. Um, they didn't like, you know, the potential rights violations of the Patriot Act, uh, which had been abused. 
over the years, and the Supreme Court even ruled that parts of it were unconstitutional. So, um, in a nutshell, um, what we're dealing with here is the beginnings of somebody who, you know, almost went with the Democratic Party. I almost, I voted for John Kerry. I was like, okay, maybe they're related. Maybe they're odd cousins to Hugh Hefner. Maybe they went to the same, you know, secret fraternity at Yale. But Kerry sounded more intelligent than Bush. And it sounded like at the time he wasn't going to warmonger as badly or or violate people's rights as badly. The moment that something kind of finally clicked in my head that said, wait a minute, something's not right here. You know, there was still that cognitive dissonance, but that started going away after Kerry lost the election and it was a sad, sad day. Um, even... The art class I was in, that I was taken to fulfill gen ed requirements in college, the teacher let it out early. She was too depressed um, to you know teach that day. But there were a couple of things that caused me to go, wait a minute, something's not right here. One, they had built up money in case there was a loss, going to be a lawsuit like there was in 2000. But then, two, Carrie suddenly just bows out and concedes. And three, you know, reading various sites online, somebody chimed in and said, you know, let's be real. Would we be really be out of Iraq if Carrie was in office? And the obvious answer was going to be no. Nothing was going to change. Heads I ta win, tails you lose. That kind of scenario. So, you know, that's when I started looking at alternative perspectives and inspired by the uh, documentary film Outfoxed. And I was just screwing around at the time, too. Uh, I was playing around with Microsoft Publisher, of all things, putting together some newsletter. And, you know, I, I recycled a lot of content um, from other places. And, and the name was TH2 Underground News. Yeah, go ahead and throw stones at me. I deserve it. It was a horrible name in the first place. And egotistical as hell. It just sounded douchey, too. Um, <laughs> you, know, you know, not nearly as marketable as, say, the Drudge Report or you know, some other site that used, you know, the Huffington Post, you know, those, those names are a bit more marketable than the one that I used. So that, you know, in a nutshell was what was going on. And one of the things I wanted to do um, with that newsletter was explore perspectives that others would have likely rejected. Now, there were, there were limits to that um, and everything else. Yeah. Racism, anti-Semitism. I wasn't going to be doing any of that nonsense. Um, had no intention to. But I was, you know, noticing that, you know, different people who questioned 9-11 had different perspectives on everything. And they, you know, had their own thoughts, opinions, feelings, and they always didn't always get along. Um, it was very interesting at the time. And so I figured, well, why don't I start interviewing people and put together a book? Now this is this is me still being relatively naive in this field, right? Because I'm thinking, okay, if I contact somebody and ask, "Hey, would you like to, you know, answer questions sometime?" You know, you know, I expected to be blown off. Um I wasn't, um, which, you know, at that time surprised me and excited me. Uh, one thing led to another, and I would eventually um, land on Wing TV. Because at the time, you know, they, they were, you know, scheduling conflicts. They were going to some event in Oklahoma City regarding the Oklahoma uh, bombing, the OK... Um, 
CIB or something like that. I, Oklahoma B, OKBIC. That's what it was. The the little independent committee that investigating that bombing on their own. Um, of all people to keynote the thing, it was Bob Barr, who I did not vote for in 2008, by the way. I voted for Nader, and that was a hard choice in and of itself for me to do. <laughs> uh, more, on, more on that at some point later down the road. But um, they initially had criticized people like, say, Michael Rupert, you know, and others. And today I can see how things kind of started happening subtly. You know, slowly but surely, as other people who were fans of theirs got sucked into the whole drama. You know, they started with some local pundit named Mike Gallagher, some radio talk show host or something. Um... And the one thing they kept trying to get him to say was that, you know, he that he did indeed trash Bill O'Reilly or something like that, and refer to himself as one of the real radio guys or some stupid insignificant thing. I don't, not worth getting into. Um, but they started out with that, and then they started out with, you know, then they, then they interviewed a lot of, you know, truth seekers, 9-11, you know, researchers, truth seekers, whatever you want to, conspiracy theorists, whatever you want to call them. And, you know, people like Daniel Hopsicker, um, apparently he was munching ice or something because they made him nervous or whatever. Um, Kyle Hentz, um, they didn't like that he didn't cover certain aspects, like the idea that the build Twin Towers and... World Trade Center 7 were brought down by controlled demolition. They harped on that for a long time. Um, you know, they pushed that that part for a long time. And it's the subtle changes over t a long period of time that if you pay attention to, you'll notice that this is a group that could have gotten a lot of people in a lot of trouble. Um, but anyway, it kind of, you know, went on, and then, you know, they, Victor Thorne, quote-unquote, quote extends his, you know, hand to, you know, Alex, uh, an olive branch to Alex Jones. Well, that event in Oklahoma City that they lost money going to, um, Jones did not make an appearance. Now, through the grapevine, because a lot of this stuff is gone by now, a lot of this stuff happened over well over a decade ago, slightly over a decade ago, back in 2005. Um, over a decade ago. So, some stuff, links and things like that may no longer exist, um, I was barely able to pull up some of the resources that I linked in the last article I wrote because the Wing TV site, the host does not resolve, does not resolve properly anymore. Um, and so um, it was f functioning as late as March into May and possibly June. Um, so yeah, that was probably... You know, recently, just suddenly, boom, no more no more web server somewhere. So whatever web server it was pointing at, it's not there anymore. So I don't know what's going on with that. But that's why I had to use archive.org, the Wayback Machine, to pull some of the stuff back up. Um, but that's, you know, that's neither here nor there at this point. But, you know, you hear through the grapevine that, you know, you know here, here's the part you didn't hear about or didn't focus on. Jones, you know, as, you know, as crazy as, as some people may find him, he, he still has, you know, at the time, at least, you know, at that time, you know, wife and kids. Um, the two co-hosts of Wing TV, as far as I knew, you know, whether they had kids or not, on their own or whatever, 
they didn't have to worry about feeding other mouths at the time or anything like that. So, you know, it was priorities. So, um, they start attacking Jones again. And they, you know, do a parody of him. Uh, they all, they've also done a parody of Jeff Rents where they claim, you know, quoting in quotes, Jeff Rents is on their show and they pull up a Barbie doll. Um, they, you know, and, and I was told this over the phone all those years ago, you know, they d even did one where, you know, Art Bell, one of the popular talk show hosts of, you know, you know, of radio talk show history. You know, he was the one that, you know, made Coast to Coast AM, you know, he put that on the map and made it something special. They had a satirical episode, you know, where they were pulling Masonic symbols out of his ass. Those sorts of things. So, so they do this parody. They claim that Jones had censored articles that Lisa Giuliani had written in the past on PrisonPlanet.com, and I went through the Wayback Machine, and this is me having not as much understanding back then as I do today. The thing about the Wayback Machine is that unless you see physical changes, you will not necessarily know that any changes made took place, because they even have a disclaimer that basically says it doesn't mean, oh, changes were made. It just means that it was last crawled through, um, that they did a fresh crawl through of the site in question or the page in question. Um, so so I'll, I'll give you an example of, of what I'm talking about. Uh, the BBC had an article, right, where something about the 9-11 hijackers turning up to be alive or something like that. They altered the article after the fact. And you can go back through the Wayback Machine and prove it. Because you can see the physical changes made the difference between the two, two between the two, the archived version and the updated version. That's the only way that you can actually tell that an actual change had made place, you know, had taken place. I took the asterisk to mean, oh, it was an updated copy. No, it just meant that they, you know, did another full crawl through. That's all it meant. Um, so, in other words, it doesn't really mean a whole lot. And so, so the, you know, they, you know, I, I published my quote-unquote findings, and, you know, they claimed that I was, you know, doing such good work, blah, 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 right? Um, along comes, you know, Revere Radio Networks. They had a, an initial issue with Jack Blood, and I think even Alex Jones to a point, um, if memory serves. And, you know, they're, they're in full-blown attack Jones, attack the Genesis Communications Network that was the radio network that was broadcasting, syndicating Jones's show, um, going all throughout, you know, the country. And one of the ways that, that uh, they did that was they rented satellite time from the American Broadcasting Corporation. Um, in order to further broadcast their shows around the world. Um, and they took that as to mean that GCN was an affiliate of ABC. Now, for those of you who have experience and understanding in the broadcast world, right? For those of you who have that understanding, um... Here's why this this is not a true statement. Um, in an affiliate relationship with another company, you're not paying them money. They're paying you money. They're paying you money to broad to basically broadcast their stuff. 
and everything else. That's how that actually works. So in this case, that's like saying that, you know, I'm an affiliate of Charter Communications because I pay them every month so that I have access to the internet. I'm not an affiliate. I'm a customer. In much the same way, GCN was not an affiliate. They were a customer. But I was drinking the Kool-Aid at the time, and I was all gung-ho. I wanted them to succeed at building up a great, big, wonderful group and everything else. And, you know, it never occurs to me that there's a reason why this so-called World Independent News Group only mainly consisted of, well, two people. And everything else. And even then, at the time, there was still some cognitive dissonance over the months. You know, when they interviewed people like Bill White, who's a neo-Nazi, basically, a white supremacist who associated with Hal Turner, who was later revealed was being basically used as an informant for the FBI, <laughs> if that tells you anything. Um, Crack.com actually has a hilarious tidbit about that, to the point where they had this little caption that says, My, that's some awful good acting there, Hal. Um, <laughs> um, he, he eventually got outed, and, you know, some, you know, progressive-leaning blog basically noted how they found that to be disturbing and everything else, but but you know there was still that cognitive dissonance but what wound up happening was you know summer 2005 sunny crack basically in a not so very diplomatic manner uh he host he's one of the hosts on the Revere Radio network at the time basically he referred to Lisa Giuliani as a liar basically saying this is not true because he actually has a background and an understanding in in the broadcasting field. Uh, he knew that if you're an affiliate, you're getting paid money. You're not paying somebody else money. Um, that makes you a customer, not an affiliate. So, what had wound up happening is, he did what he called, you know, what's referred to as roasting somebody. Um, it's satire, but in a heavily adult-themed satire. And and some, let's just say, very unsavory things were said about Lisa Giuliani. They would eventually wind up going to the FBI over this. So, this, by the way, is how you... If you're claiming to be against the man, anti-establishment, this is the absolute most effective way to kill your own credibility by going to the FBI over what some talk show host in Florida said about you. Because these people were based out of, you know, State College, Pennsylvania. Sunny Crack, Tampa Bay area, and Florida. That, that's, that's several miles, quite a bit of distance to the south. And, you know, to, to the south, towards, more towards the east coast, and everything else. That's, that's, this is... Not one of those situations where, say, you're Stacy Litz and you become an informant because you're pressured by law enforcement to do so. You know, it's still a bad thing to do, but you can at least see how it happened. This is not a situation with Catherine Bleich going to the authorities over somebody who's stalking her. You know, prefer people prefer you not do that, but... In the case of, you know, somebody following you and not leaving you the hell alone and, you know, you, they're physically following you, you know, that's understandable too. 
this is not one of those situations. Um, this is, you know, this is over what somebody said on the internet. They should have ignored them or gone to an attorney, sent a cease and desist letter, do not contact me ever again, or we will take you to court. And that probably would have ended it right then and there. Um, instead, this starts backfiring on them. And me, uh, I'm still drinking the Kool-Aid going, if this was an actual satire, why didn't you put a disclaimer at the beginning of, the, of that particular show? Which, when Sonny did his second satirical piece, right... He actually did put that disclaimer in a creative way, but he did put a disclaimer in there saying, uh, this is for comedic purposes. They, they still, you know, that, that part got ignored, but, you know, and they bitched about it, but there was nothing they could do at that point. Um, and you could probably tell by the call from that agent that he really, really did not want to be the one handling something like this. Um, you know, because, you know, some, there are folks, there are, believe it or not, there are some things that are so petty and so stupid that even federal agents don't want anything to do with them. They've got better things to do with their time than mess with something stupid and insignificant like this. And so, what wound up happening was, you know, I'm going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth with these people, and Rockstog was one of them. Um, one day, you know, based on a conversation I had with other people, you know, they're showing me they showed me that, you know, somebody, you know, worked at one of the, you know, internet companies serving up a good portion of the internet to, throughout the entire country. So they're running on backup power. You know, in New Orleans, you know, after Hurricane Katrina hit, and they had a webcam and everything out, you know, showing what's going on in the streets. And so I said, okay. Here's the moment where, you know, and this is the time that Wing TV, the two co-hosts, were going, I think we're going up to New York City, you know, they were planning on going up to New York City at the time, or something like that, I don't, you know, or this was, you know, not too long after that, you know, to demonstrate, you know, on 9-11, but I, anyway, I... I sent Rob Revere himself a link to, you know, the Live Journal page that's still up today, actually, interdictor.livejournal.com. It's still there. And I'm like, okay, if he really cares about, you know, what's happening today in today's world, he really cares about searching for truth and all that good stuff, right? If he actually cares about that, he'd actually be like, okay, interview the guy. He actually wound up interviewing the guy. It was a fantastic interview. Um, the, the guy, he, you know, was able to talk to him over voice over IP and everything else. So that was, you know, that was a good interview um, and everything else. And, you know, it was that, that point that he realized that I was no enemy of his. I never was. Um, and, you know, so he decided to throw a test at me, and he offered me a slot on his network. Now, I'm going to basically point out that I actually hemmed and hawed on that, because on the one hand, they said, you know, one of his hosts said some very derogatory things about one of the people that I used to talk with on a regular basis on the telephone. And by the way, when I when I called, most of the time, it was Lisa Giuliani that I was talking to on the phone. If Victor answered the phone, he would hand it to her. And that sort of thing. So, um, 
that's that was the issue at hand. But um, he hardly talked to me on the phone. Um, just only a handful of times. It was mostly her that was doing the talking. So, anyway, my initial plan was, I'll go ahead and accept his offer. I'll do a few episodes, then slowly but surely, I will start torturing the hell out of them. And be like, and if I would have gotten kicked off, I would have, you know, called them out for being hypocrites. Okay, you claim to be for freedom of speech, but the moment I tried to have certain guests on, you know, but that didn't wind up happening like that. I was going to torture them by having those particular individuals on as guests, just to torture them. Um, Rock's dog even basically told me, you're either with us or you're with the Sting Nuts. Um, <laughs> it, it was, oh, the magic of internet drama, right? And, and by the way, for those of you who are curious, Victor Thorne referred to Revere Radio Network as, quote-unquote, those motherfuckers. So, <laughs> that's pretty much how he felt about them. Um, you know, basically it was, you know, because I was with them now that I wouldn't be privy to certain things. You know, and, you know, on the one hand, I couldn't really associate with them or, or anything like that, but I could still write articles for them or, or, or use their content or blah, 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 blah. You know, the, this, this contradictory nonsense. And Revere almost let me go because he was like, I don't want you losing friends over this. And I'm like, well, they were never my friends in the first place. Um, because by then you'd, you know, finally started realizing that, you know, they... Here, here, here was Victor Thorne's M.O. when he wrote a book. Most of the time, his book was based on research of other people. It was a summarization of other people's works. That that was it. And that's not always a bad thing. Um, in some cases, it can come in handy if you're wanting to find other works by other authors, content creators, etc., etc., so on and so forth. But looking back now and realizing that he tore other people down. Um, you go look, you know, up Lisa Giuliani. Um, some people argue that an individual named Christopher, Christopher Bolin caused her to leave when it was revealed that um, her actual last name was Taylor, not Giuliani. She was using a partial pseudonym, um, similar to Robert Veer. Um, as you know, noted in this in the phone call from Special Agent Steve Collins, but you know she you know had kids of her own that she was intending to, which which you know obviously I don't know the full story on that, and I don't care to know the full story on that, uh, considering the fact that you know she allegedly lives in the Smoky Mountains now and is converted to Islam of all things, so. You know, you know, whatever. <laughs> but um, she did claim that he had manipulated and abused her. And with the interview described um, by, you know, his real name is Scott McCuffka, by the way. Bill McCuffka, his brother, talked to somebody from the American Free Press and one of the things that, you know, he said that stuck out in my mind was, was, you know, he didn't have the same conversation with different people. Um, he would tailor it to what he thought they would like to talk about. Which, you know, this is me speaking from life experience. Um, that, you know, that's, that's telltale characteristic of somebody who manipulates people. Um, and I will have some links to some other other spots where you can confirm for yourself uh, regarding all of this. But I will warn you, if a page doesn't pop up, um, what you will want to do 
is use archive.org and copy and paste whatever URL doesn't show up, because some of these links are gone by now. Um, the so-called archive from 911underground.com are currently are gone. Um, you might have luck on archive.org. They may have actually archived them. And it might, might actually be available. So... By the time... Sorry about the pause. I accidentally turned my mic off. Um, by the time that uh, 2005 was over, I was over them. Um, they had gotten to the point where they were just... you know, It was just... You know, every now and then there would be something interesting coming out and everything else. And then, you know, they got so polarized. They were so polarizing that both of them had a falling out. And Lisa left. And the, the fact of the matter is, um, she allegedly networked with other people and found another place to stay. Um... And and the people that she you know wound up networking with, um, you know, come off as cult-like, but whatever. Um, the reason why I'm trying to remind people, and yeah, this is the long story, walking all the way around. What I'm trying to remind people of is that. If you're going to do alternative media, you cannot necessarily build up credibility by attacking, criticizing others on a consistent, constant basis. Because it went from, they're not talking about controlled demolition, to they're not focusing enough on Israeli involvement. Do you see where this is heading, folks? And that was the problem with all of this. So, now... Now, um, that this is out in the open, and if you disagree that any of this is significant, that's fine. But if there's one thing I want you to remember, it's this. I want to remind you that... Scott Victor Thorne McCuffka should not be placed onto a pedestal by any stretch of the imagination. He was involved in tearing people down that didn't do things the way he wanted them done. He, turn, he encouraged turning people into the FBI because of hurt feelings all sorts of stupid stuff. Um, he even sold books with his former co-host's name on them. And she, I guarantee, and I suspect she may not have necessarily gotten her half of sales on those. Not that I care about that. But you can't claim to be anti-establishment and be against the man if you're going to the man to resolve whatever alleged issue pops up. That's called being a hypocrite. And the thing of it is, I kept seeing this pop up over and over again. And that's why I basically said, look, don't put this person on a pedestal. They did some pretty shitty things. And it wasn't right. And I never got the chance to see him face-to-face -face and tell him, I'm not going to forget what you did. Uh, that's part of the reason why I operate the way I do. Um, you can disagree with me. I don't care about that. Um, uh, thank you for the traffic, by the way. I appreciate it. But the fact is, it's out there now. And that's all that matters. It's out there, hopefully front and center, to the point where people can be like, okay, he screwed up ten years ago. He was 
definitely human and far from perfect. And he did something stupid. So, with that in mind, um, I intend to move on from this because I don't want to spend forever on this. It's the one thing where once it's out of my system, it's time for me to move on. And this is getting out of my system now. Before I end today's episode, I want to, you know, give you some lessons that I learned from all of this. Um, One of those lessons is that be original and be yourself. Don't mold yourself to somebody else's expectations or standards. Um, If it's a site that you're paying for, and this is a lesson that I learned a couple of years ago, was reminded of a couple of years ago, don't let other people tell you how to run it, um, because that's not their place. They can make suggestions, they can attempt to, you know, help out, but don't let them rough-ride you over editorial policy. You're the owner of the site, that's your job, not theirs. And finally, don't tear down other people, and don't focus on singular topics all the time. That's why, hopefully, this will be the last time I do this for a while, and I go on to other subjects, because, you know, conspiracy theories are only, you know, in the conspiracy realm, and among other things, that's only a portion of what the website and this podcast are about. Um, Other fun topics are things that I like to do. Video games, pro wrestling, um, anime, uh, free and open source software, Unix-style operating systems. You know, it's a lot of niche markets that have mass appeal but aren't necessarily seen as mainstream. It's me taking something from the back of a newspaper or magazine, bringing it front and center sort of thing. So that's what this is about. So, with that in mind, entertain yourself, educate yourself, and most importantly, empower yourself. I'm Thomas Holbrook II, and hopefully the next episode will be something a lot more fun than this, because I didn't enjoy this um, at all. But the truth needed to be told. So now, I'm moving on. Hopefully, you'll tune in next week, and we'll have something fun and exciting for you. Take care.